This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Good It's all back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal News Show. Joining you back every single morning at 8am UK time. The morning after what was a fantastic Saturday. Arsenal, of course, winning the North London derby 3-1 against Spurs. Uh, we reacted to all of that yesterday. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But it was just one of those weekend beginners that just set you up for what is going to be hopefully a really exciting Sunday now because we've got a Manchester derby to watch at two o'clock this afternoon. Uh, who you'd like to win that derby, I think, probably tells you a little bit more about where your head's at regarding what you think Arsenal could even go on to achieve this season. Um, for me, I, I'm just going to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm not going to put myself on either side really that much. Um, I'm just going to enjoy it. And whatever result happens is in some way beneficial to Arsenal. Um, a draw, I think, would obviously be great, seeing both teams drop points. But if either team wins, there are positives for Arsenal to take. And, and that in itself is is really great. Good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're well. Good morning to Steve, to Kaiser and Clear Away. Dave, to Timmy and Ahmed and Carl and Temi. Uh, Yomi, good morning to you, to Peter and Paul. Good morning, guys. NSW, Matt G, uh, Guna Jack. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're well. Uh, and hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, everybody's having a fantastic week. Of course, I know that as a lot of people have, are in the West of the world right now that have been going through uh, the impacts of, of Hurricane Ian, I hope that everybody uh, around you, with you, uh, that you know is safe and sound. If they're not, I'm so sorry. And I hope that you can get through this very difficult period. Um but let's bring the conversation back round to Arsenal. Uh, and we kick off, as always, by telling you to go and vote for us in the Football Content Awards. Uh, more information about that a little bit later. Um, you can go back and watch yesterday's instant reaction to the 3-1 victory, uh, <laughs> in which you got a little bit carried away with the thumbnail, I'll be honest, but uh, who cares? Um, Liverpool dropped more points as they drew 3-3 against Brighton in one of the games of the season, without a doubt. Leandro Trossard's getting a hat-trick. I mean, he was one of the names that was being kind of talked about in the summer that could be someone that Arsenal looked to to bring in. I 
kind of dismissed it really um which i often do and then look a little bit silly he is going and proving that wow he's quite the player it's just kind of the age profile at this stage um of what he would bring to arsenal of what kind of investment it would take he is now 27 he turns 28 in december if arsenal were to invest say in leandro trossard it would be an investment that they wouldn't see a return on um because of his age profile however he would have offered arsenal plenty of depth um, and it's something that Arsenal might regret not having is that depth, especially across this month where we have these nine games uh, in just a month's time. And then we've got four games in the space of 10 days in November. Uh, Chelsea scored late uh, with Aubameyang, of course, getting on the score sheet as well. But Conor Gallagher scored in the final moments of their match against Crystal Palace to steal all three points. Uh, a rather frustrating victory, of course, in the end for Arsenal then. Uh, could have pulled away even more from them. It should be said that the Liverpool result means that if we were to say beat Liverpool next weekend, Arsenal would go 14 points clear of supposed title challengers Liverpool. So, yeah, that could be a very intriguing game. And we'll talk a lot more about Liverpool in the days to come. Of course, we'll be doing a preview show uh, on uh, the Friday. And uh, we've got a preview, of course, coming up for the, uh, the Buddha Glimpse game on Tuesday. So plenty of content coming. So make sure you subscribe and that you don't miss any of it. Now, Odegaard came out after the game and actually talked about how they'd planned uh, Thomas Partey's uh, goal, which was interesting. He said it was a great goal. We knew before the game he was going to be free in those areas, and we practiced that a lot to find him in those areas, and he made a great shot. I think he played a great game as well, so a lot of credit to him, and of course, the team as well. And that kind of tells you that even though we're scoring kind of these goals that you would look at XG and it would be a very low XG chance because it came from outside the box. But Partey, despite having this reputation of having these awful shots, you know, <laughs> when he, he can actually put them away, I've, um, as far as I'm aware, he practiced them in training a lot and actually in training, he's quite good. I think it potentially is the, the moment in games that don't set them up for him as nicely. Uh, and for Atletico Madrid, he was known for scoring a fair few from range as well. It's just at Arsenal, it's not worked out for him when he's tried to take these shots on from range, but it thankfully did in the best possible moment yesterday. And they're clearly practicing this moment because Odegaard's coming out and saying that that's going on. And if they are indeed doing it, uh, you know, and it's working, I, I've not got an issue if he's going to put them away like that. I would say is that we can't get carried away and hopefully expect him to do it like five times a game. We need to make sure that it's something that we've got in our arsenal, no pun intended, um, but something that we don't only use sporadically because these low XG shots should not be necessarily wildly encouraged. But it was interesting to hear Odegaard talk like that. Arsenal dominated the derby. Uh, the Oracle Clouds uh, kind of map of domination, which is a new stat I've seen come out this season, one that I quite like to look at, shows you how much dominance Arsenal have across the game. And you can see how little Spurs actually had the ball throughout the 90 minutes and how dominant Arsenal were. And if you look at the games across the season, similar maps are evident throughout these games. And it shows you kind of the way in which Arsenal are playing. It shows you the style of what Arsenal are trying to achieve in their fixtures. It also shows you how quickly we start games. You look at the first five minutes of a match, it's probably our most intense. And it sets the tone for the game. If you remember the Crystal Palace match last season when we lost 3-0, Palace had such dominance and quick feet coming out of the blocks that it kind of shocked us. And it's a really psychological moment or tactic to come out of the blocks in the first five minutes, maximum intensity, because it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the game. It sets kind of uh, an expectation for your opponents of what they're going to have to try and deal with throughout the 90 minutes. And that can kind of 
you know, psychologically push them back a bit. And it worked and it has worked across this season. So Arsenal have been dominating games. It's a style that I want us to continue to do, even against teams like Spurs that can really hurt you on the counter. And, and they did hurt us on the counter and could have arguably hurt us a couple of times more if we hadn't have defended or saved well in the case of Ramsdale. But we need to play this way if we want to get to the top because this is how the best teams in the world play, with dominance, with threat, and ultimately with clinical finishing at the end of it. Antonio Conte was crying in his post-match press conference and it was beautiful to see uh, hypocrisy at its best. Uh, I love seeing these types of kind of conversations. For clarity, uh, um, Antonio Conte was asked about VAR, was asked about the decision-making. He says, in England, I have to be honest, it's very difficult because they don't have the same line threshold. Sometimes you see situations that could be a red card instead of a yellow or no yellow card. They have to work a lot on this. In Italy, our referees on Thursday, they stayed together to work with the video to try and improve. I don't know if they do this in England, but I think it's a good idea. The level is so high and the VAR has to be a high level for this reason. Every part of this decision has to be top. Now, if you think back to last season when Arsenal lost out on a penalty because Cedric was deemed to have fouled wrongly, Hume Min Son, um, <laughs> and Arteta said that, you know, he couldn't really talk about it because he would receive a ban. Uh, Conte came out and said, I think he has to be focused more on his team and not complaining. The red card was for me clear. If we want to complain, we could do it every game. This is my advice. If he wants to take my advice, it's up to him. I don't care. In six months, I've listened to him complaining a lot. It's not good. <laughs> I mean, the hypocrisy of this man knows no bounds. Uh, I love just absolutely seeing him fall apart. Conte is a man that I know a lot of people, and Arteta's biggest critics in particular, have said they would have rather have seen Antonio Conte arrive at Arsenal than Arteta himself. Conte is a short-term coach that gives you some short-term gains. And Spurs have definitely benefited from that, getting into the Champions League last season. You know, Conte had a big hand in that alongside, in my view, more from Kane and Son as, as the main reason as to why they got there. But in short, if he'd arrived at Arsenal, the short-term benefit would not have improved us in the long term. And Arsenal under Arteta are seeing a project that for the long term is benefiting us so much more, so much more than what Antonio Conte, in my opinion, would have brought to this club. Because uh, he would have been off after a two-year two, two year contract to Juve, like he might arguably end up doing um, for Spurs this season. And it would have left us, and it will leave Spurs, in a worse situation whereby they've got players signed by that coach for the short term um, and ultimately are going to get a, a coach in who will comparatively be worse than Conte because Conte is a very good coach. Um, but you won't find a coach as good as him to then take over. Uh, it'll be quite a challenge for them when Conte eventually leaves. Arsenal, thankfully, won't have that issue. Um, Gabriel laughed at the Arsenal critics after the game. He tweeted, in Portuguese, and this has been translated courtesy of Twitter. He says, bye to the critics and a big hug to those who really know how to cheer. North London is red. Uh, now, if you remember back to the summer when Eddie and Ketia uh, signed a brand new contract, there was a lot of criticism uh, of Eddie and Ketia signing that new deal. If you remember, Ian Wright got involved in a situation where he called out a fan who basically said some pretty nasty things towards Nketiah. Um, Gabriel Magalhaes tweeted saying, how can you be so ungrateful? Oh my God, uh, OMG. And like this for me, he received a lot of criticism for other, you know, critics of Arsenal and critics of him and critics of Arteta. And 
I loved seeing Gabrielle, you know, hit back at hit back at people that think that it's okay to be abusive, think it's okay to mass spam a player's contract renewal with ridiculous words. Um, I think that's great. Fair play to him. Defend your colleagues, defend your teammates, be together as a group. That's how we move forward as a group. You know, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. And we saw that in the Amazon documentary. Remember the Lacazette-centric situation. There aren't going to be times the players fall out. It's going to be part and parcel of it. You don't get on with everyone at the office. It's just part and parcel of life. But at the end of the day, I like the fact that Gabriel comes out and says these things. I don't think it's immature. I don't think that Ivan Tony is right in saying things are cringy. If you're going to put out tweets criticizing Arsenal, you've got to be able to deal with it. If you can't take it, don't do it. It's as simple as that. And Gabriel coming out and saying bye to the critics and hugs to those who really know how to the cheer. Because boy, do we know how to celebrate and we should know how to celebrate. And I'm sick and tired of seeing people tell Arsenal not to celebrate. And I think it's got to the point now where you know, I know, we all know that people just want to rile up Arsenal fans. People just want to tell us what to do, tell us we can't do certain things. You go and celebrate as much as you bloody like. You go out and enjoy yourself. You go and enjoy this victory. You go out and enjoy every victory that Arsenal have because that's what fans are meant to do. Support the team, enjoy it, and laugh at those who don't want us to. Anyway, that brings us to a good end of part one. We're going to move into second part and answer some of your questions after this quick and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey guys, Tom Canton from The Good at Talk here. A massive thank you to everybody that has voted for us in the Football Content Awards. We have been nominated for the best club content creator in the Premier League. To vote, and yes, we still need your votes because after being nominated, we now need to push through to try and get even further than the third place that we got last year. To do that, you can go over to the Football Content Awards website. You scroll down the page and you can find the bottom of that little link that says voting page. You go down to the best club content creator category and select the Google Talk after you've done that. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, click vote now, and it's all locked in. You can also vote on Instagram. We're going to the FCA's Instagram page. Find the best club content creator Premier League category and tag at the Google Talk in that profile. And lastly, you can also vote on Twitter. Just go to www.votefortgt.com and it will create the tweet for you. It's as simple as that. A massive thank you to everybody that's already voted and for those that are going to. We really appreciate it. Come on, you do this.
So, yes, you can indeed vote in the Football Content Awards. Uh, just go to any of those sites that I've just talked to you about. Uh, you're going to see that little uh, mid kind of show graphic come up for the next week. Only a week. That's all you have to put up with it with uh, if you have already indeed voted. But thank you to everybody that has voted for the channel. Um, let's jump into the chat and go through some of your questions. Uh, Perez says, Tom, do you know that the celebration police finally gave us permission to celebrate? Yes, I did see Richard Keyes' tweets yesterday. What an absolute loser <laughs> that man is. Marcus Comfort says, so do you think we can now win at their place? That would be a big statement. That needs to be the goal. We have to go to their Obviously, you know, we we haven't won there in a long, long time. We've picked up some points and draws here and there, but we haven't won there since, what, 2014, I think, when Rizitsi scored that goal. We need to try and win there. Uh, and we play them really early on in the second half of the season. I don't know if it's actually in January. I think I have a feeling that it actually might be in January. Let me have a quick look at the fixtures. We, next time we play Spurs is January 14th. So we have a good chance to do it at the beginning of kind of the second half and then get that game out of the way rather than it kind of looming over us between now and the end of the season. So, yeah, there's a great opportunity, I think, hopefully to uh, to get involved and, and really kind of take it to Spurs. That is going to be after the World Cup. So we'll have to wait and see where kind of Arsenal and Spurs sit in terms of their squads after that tournament it could be very different to how the squads look now. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Edwin says, Morning, Tom. We need to rest a lot of players Thursday. Massive match Sunday. We need to show no fear against Liverpool. We owe Liverpool a good hiding. Uh, you know, Budaglimt are a good team. Budaglimt are a very, very good team. Um, and there's also an argument that you want to keep kind of momentum going. You want to keep uh, players playing, giving them opportunities. I don't mind seeing Saka play a half. I don't mind seeing Jesus play a half. I think that we need to keep the momentum going. They're going to want to play games. The Europa League is also important for us. You know, it's also going to be a, a opportunity for Arsenal to try and top the group. And then we don't have to play two extra games. That could be really important for the league. So we need to make sure that we win these games and that we finish the uh, the group top. Uh, we didn't have the best game against Zurich by any means whatsoever. Um, we were quite lucky, in fact, that PSV and Budaglimt drew. That kind of helped us. So we need to make sure that we're winning these games. And Budaglimt are no mugs. They are a very decent side and we can't take it for granted. So I'd still play a fairly strong side, but I would be you know, swapping out some players, giving players like Holding, like Fabio Vieira, Marquinhos coming back in. And I think there's opportunities for players to give them an opportunity as well. Uh, Matthew says, Stephen, uh, he wanted to trip him up and caught him. A stamp is forcefully applying a downward motion. I'm assuming this is in response to a comment about the red card. Uh, I can't see Stephen's comment, unfortunately, but there is a lot of talk about whether or not it was a red card. Um, I think it was... When I, when I saw it in the moment, it was like, oh, really? A red card? And then when I watched it on the replay, it is such a blatant red card. He stamps down on the side of his ankle where your stud's going to get caught, and then it bends his ankle in a really dangerous way. You're not going to see referee overturn that. It's certainly not a clear and obvious error. It is a red card challenge. It's potentially a little bit subjective. Sure, I'll give you that. But once you've given the red card, you're not going to see that overturned at all. Um, Ahmed says, uh, Tom, I told you here yesterday it's going to be 3-1 for Arsenal, but you didn't read my comment. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ahmed. Uh, I'm sure I believe you. I believe you, absolutely. 
Um, let's go to uh, Hamster. It says, I mean, they're right. After all, it's pathetic of Arsenal to celebrate against tiny clubs like Tottenham. <laughs> um, thanks, Marcus. Really appreciate the vote, uh, as always. And everybody else, of course, that's already voted for the channel as well. Uh, Daz says, Tom, Arsenal had 65% possession and Son had zero touches in the box. Kane had two, including the penalty. I think Arsenal were fire. Spurs parked the bus and was awful. Do you agree we still need to play a big club? You know, this argument that Arsenal have not yet been tested continues to be faltered at every single opportunity. We've seen Palace do really well against some teams this season. We've seen uh, Villa take points off Manchester City. We've seen Fulham take points off big teams. We, of course, have now played Manchester United and played, in my opinion, better than them. And we're very unlucky to come out with the result that we did. We smashed Spurs yesterday and were absolutely dominant in that game. Brentford, of course, we beat Man United 4 0. We've put them away without too much of a problem. You know, there is still much more, I think, to come from this team. I don't think Arsenal are playing at their maximum. I think we can expect even more from this Arsenal side. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes from this Arsenal team in the future. Uh, Stephen says, a lot uh, of pure bitterness as everyone who isn't an Arsenal fan right now wants us to lose to the so-called big six just so they can say that we haven't done it. Well, they can't now. I mean, if you even count Spurs as a big team, that's always going to be a subjective question. Matt says, did you think it was a straight red and how much do you love all the build-up at the Emirates, the song and all the flags? It was so good to see. The Emirates atmosphere has become a different beast. We are completely eradicating the stereotype around the Emirates that it's a quiet library. It isn't anymore. The Emirates is a cauldron of noise. It is an intimidating place to come to. And that is all we've ever wanted the Emirates to become. And it is. I don't think it ever could really under Arsene Wenger. It just felt not wrong, but it just felt a little bit out of place. Arsene Wenger was Highbury. Arsenal under Arsene Wenger was Highbury. The best of Arsenal under Wenger was at Highbury. The Emirates was always going to be for the manager that came after. It wasn't Unai Emery, as we know. It could potentially be Arteta's stadium to really build his legacy at Arsenal. Uh, and I hope that it is because um, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, do I think it was a straight red? I've already gone through that. And my answer is absolutely yes. Uh, Priyank says, according to reports, Klopp is planning to play North London forever as preparation for the Arsenal game. <laughs> uh, Lynn says, Tom, do you agree with Erdegaard being captain? I do, because you saw yesterday how quietly and professionally he spoke to the ref and saved Gabby a yellow card. I didn't actually pick up on that. Potentially, that's because I was doing the minute by minute and I missed that. Um, I didn't see it, uh, but I, I'm very happy with Erdegaard as captain. However, I think you could all see that Granit Xhaka is still very much the official or unofficial captain of Arsenal, grabbing the players, refocusing them after we scored, making sure that we had our heads screwed on and ready for that. And then coming out in the second half as well, you could see the reaction. I have an absolute feeling that Xhaka would have had words in the in the dressing room at halftime. We saw him do that vocally in the documentary. I have no problem with that at all. Uh, Xhaka, for me, has been great this season, and he's been vocal too. Uh, Ian says, Conte's Chelsea didn't play like that. Also, they are better defenders and better midfielders. Gabriel is getting to the category of little suspicious at times. He needs to cut out mistakes. Max, two, three allowed. Um, what, a game? I'd be going less than that. One or two, rather than two or three. Gabriel's going to make mistakes as part of his game. But you have to appreciate all the good things that he does. Uh, and he does plenty of them. Having that physicality, having what he brings to the team of his tackling as well, is, is really, really important. Um, going to Matt G. He says, am I the only one who thought Erdegaard had a good game? Heard a lot of fans say he was quiet, but he was involved in everything. He was quiet. Um, 
and I said this yesterday on the Raw Reaction Show, he had a quieter game than a lot of other players that are out there. But the thing for me, the most important thing for me, is that he is involved because he's integral to the way that we play. He's integral to what we do. And if you take him out of the team, his absence is very notable because the way in which he kind of spreads the play, keeps the play ticking over, all of that stuff is really, really important. So I'm looking forward personally to seeing Odegaard continue to flourish and continue to play and continue to kind of integrate himself into the team all of that stuff is going to lead to Arsenal being successful and Odegaard is absolutely crucial to that uh let's scroll down the chat box a little bit more Olu says should we start Eddie Nelson and Marquinhos in the attack against Bode Glimt? no uh I think Eddie and Marquinhos but I do think you need one of Saka uh Gabriel Jesus or Martinelli. I think you need one of them. I don't think that's a strong enough front three to beat Buddha Glimt. I don't think that's a strong enough options, um, personally. You could bring Nelson off the bench in the second half to give Martinelli or whatever a rest, um, or Jesus a rest, but I think we need to play one of the big three uh, in this game to give us the best opportunity to win. Um, let's go to Cameron, who says, what areas in the first half or first third, do we need? Do we not have good quality into cover? Oh, the first team. So what areas in the first team do we not have the quality in areas to cover? I think the three players that we don't have the competitive quality are Partey's position, Jesus's position, and Saka's position. They're, for me, the three, the key ones, the ones that you'd think if they're injured for a long period of time, I'm a little bit concerned about who's coming in to replace those players. So Arsenal, in the January window and then in the summer transfer window, if we aren't able to find the relevant player, we need to make sure that we've given ourselves the competitors for those three areas. I think at right-back, we've got great options. I think at centre-back, we've got great options. At left-back, we've got great options. Attacking midfield, we've got great options. I think on the left wing, you've got Martinelli and when he's fit, Smith-Rowe. Arguably, you could bring in a player that obviously plays across the front three, that type of Diogo Jota style player, I think Arsenal would definitely be in need of. I think that, you know, Xhaka, we've got in the left eight row. I think Fabio Vieira can play there. I think Lukonga will show that's probably his better position as well. We've got options. Um, but those three areas in particular, are the ones that we need to look at. Um, Suki says, why are people gassed up so much? It was only Spurs. <laughs> I love this just constant battering of Spurs. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, Av says, Tom, if we were to effectively recruit in January, such as in defensive midfield and right wing like a Danilo and Mudrik, uh, and we are within five points of the top come mid-February, could we really push them all the way barring injuries? There's no reason why not have you know if we're in february and we're sitting you know within three to five points of city i would be saying just keep winning games but the focus has got to be just on the next one the focus has absolutely just got to be on the next game that has always got to be where arsenal's mind is our next one is by the glimpse the next one is liverpool i don't want to look too far ahead in the future i just want to focus on winning the next game and that's what's really key. Keyboard Warrior says, but Tom, we haven't really played anyone yet. I'm loving the satirical comments that are coming in about this. Um, Tom, uh, I'm one of those that are on the Trossard deal. A year left, won't cost much in wages and can play left wing, right wing and false nine. Top deal. He is in discussions over a brand new contract, Jabu, so that could change significantly uh, in the next couple of months or so. Uh, let's scroll down a bit more. Thanks, for, by the way, over 700 of you tuning in. Do drop a like on the video. 
do subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new. Uh, Hamza says, not Arsenal, but what are your predictions for the Manchester derby today? I think United could sneak a win. I agree. Uh, United are weirdly good in the derby sometimes, even when they've not been good leading up to it, but they have been quite good leading up to it, to be fair. My only big thing is, I think, and it is a big thing, physically and tactically, Haaland against Martinez is going to be intriguing. Very intriguing. So if if Man City can get the balls into the box, I think Haaland could be the dominant force over someone like Martinez for very obvious reasons. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw, um, but I would love to see just a chaotic game, an absolutely chaotic game. And I look forward to watching it a little bit later on. Uh, Belage says, what did you think of Lokonga's small cameo at the end? Straight away, it looked a drop in quality. Um, did it? I don't, I think that's, I don't think, I don't think that's entirely fair. Um, Lokonga was brought on to control things, to manage the end of the game. I don't think it was a significant drop in that specific cameo. I think he passed well. Uh, I think he positioned himself well. I don't think he made himself look out of water, uh, out of depth. I thought Lukonga did fine, um, to be honest. So I, I wouldn't necessarily agree, Bellagio, in the same way. I think he was fine when he came on. Uh, Matthew says, Tom, our team's targeting Ramsdale at corners, and how can we pre- better protect him? Potentially they are. I think a lot of teams target the goalkeepers at corners when they think the goalkeeper isn't strong enough to come out and claim things. Ramsdale's not the tallest goalkeeper, so you're going to see that happen. But he is dealing with them okay. Of course, we did concede that goal against Villa and teams have probably identified that as an option. Do we need to put someone on the near post a lot better that's taller that can deal with things, but that then takes them away from a potential option in the box? we just got to be better at dealing with corners. You know, last season, I think we conceded from, what, two set pieces all season? So, you know, we've considered from one this year. I think it's just one, the Villa game. I'm trying to think back if there's any more. I don't think so. So, yeah, look, I, I don't think it's something that we're necessarily looking at as, as a problem at the moment. Uh, Marcus says, could you do a show with Jamie O'Hara today? Him and Jason Cundy's biases are embarrassing journalism. Um, he's on today, I think, with Laura. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that. He he said that Conte's got Arteta's number. If anything, it's the other way around based upon yesterday's performance. Uh, let's go to... Uh, I'm going to be on for a few more minutes. Uh, let's go to Lynn, who says, Tom, if we were so close to Manchester City near the end of the season and we know Pep wants to win the Champions League... Do you think that Pep would support us? No, <laughs> not a chance, Lynn. Not a chance. No way. He's going to go and try and win the title because he's a winner and that's why he's won everything he's won. There's no kindness in football. Uh, none at all. Pep's not done Arteta any favours with these, you know, with Jesus, with Zinchenko. He's not offered Arsenal a favour. Arteta and Edu have worked to get those players. It's been nothing to do with, with Pep going, yeah, you know, let him go to Arsenal. Nah, it's nothing to do with that. They've brought in players. They've improved the squad. They brought in Erling Haaland. Arsenal had to compete and, you know, absolutely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Had to absolutely fight to get those players. And it's as simple as that. They had to fight to get those players. Um, And they got them without a favour from City. It's not to do with the fact that Pep's there and he's Arteta's mate. They had to fight to get them and they deserve credit for getting to them. And I'm sorry, but if you're sitting there saying that, oh, we're lucky because we've got those players because Arteta used to work there. Credit to Arteta for getting them. It's as simple as that. Scott says, morning, Tom. How are you going, bro? Is this really our Arsenal? Oh, well, my bets got done by United. But how we have bounced back from that defeat 
testament to Arteta. Look, I know you put a bet on Invincible season again. You should have put a bet on the title instead. You know, that would have been a better bet to put on. Uh, Matthew says, if the club don't break the bank to keep Saliba and sell him next summer, are Gunas mature enough to have a melt to not have a meltdown? No, look, for me, the Saliba thing I talked a bit about yesterday, if Saliba wants to go, you know, Arsenal should look to try and maximise value on the player. If he's categorically said he doesn't want to stay and that he wants to move to a Real Madrid, etc., then that's going to be part of football. It happens, but maximise the value of the player. It's as simple as that. That's how it works. Look at, you know, if you if we were, put Arsenal fans' brain in, in a Liverpool head when they lost Suarez, lost Coutinho, they lost big players, they sold them for massive money and they benefited off the back of them. Saliba is a brilliant player, but he's not the only brilliant player in the world. And if he moves on, hopefully we can use whatever capital we get from that deal to better benefit us. That's, for me, the way in which that we need to improve. Um, let's go to Zach. If Arsenal carry on, there's no reason why we can't have a slim chance, but City are a well-oiled juggernaut. If we finish above them, we are ridiculously good. Uh, Matthew says, the Premier League chat, uh, Olu, that is, yes, Partey was managed like this at Atletico, and so could be key for our season. Uh, Av says, I think it was absolutely gentleman gesture from Saliba to let Kane out of his pocket to take that penalty to quietly put him back inside his pocket, cleaning the links inside it. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, it was, look, Saliba pocketed everyone that day, yesterday. He was brilliant. He was fantastic. His stats are frankly out of this world. I look forward to seeing everything that comes from this Arsenal team. I think we've got something special here and I can't wait to see where we go with it this season. I'll be back tomorrow morning, of course, with the next Arsenal news show. We'll have preview shows coming up for the Bode Glimpse game and the Liverpool game as well. Plus, I'm sure there'll be conversations and podcasts to be had across the week. I'll also be joining the boys over on the Arsenal Lounge tomorrow evening, as always on a Monday night. So do tune us in, in for that, the first return after the honeymoon. Looking forward to it. It's been a brilliant show. It's been a brilliantly positive one to be able to talk to you guys, as it always is. Do drop us a like. Do vote for us in the FCAs. All the links for that are down in the description uh and as always most importantly up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around and you've got a mcnuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfection order now on the mcdonald's app for your mcdelivery you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.